Welcome to Cinemaholics. Well, look, Cinemaholics listeners, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The good news is Will Ashton is on vacation, so he's not going to be on the next couple clips or reviews of Cinemaholics. We're doing a little bit of a thing where and this is the bad news. We're, we're doing a thing where we're doing a few bonus reviews here instead of one big episode. I know it's inconvenient, but we're doing our best because Will, he's he's out of town. And so we're getting this break from Will. I, I mean, he's getting this break from the dog days of doing Cinemaholics. But you know what? Let's lean into some even better news. And that's that we have a special guest here to talk about the new movie Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, Origins. First, I'll say I'm John Agroni. You know that. But with me, I have a fantastic film writer guy you know, I know, Tadonis Gonzalez. I honestly thought you were going to say uh, this was the worst news. No, of course not. Why would I say something untrue? I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to the listeners like that. No, that's yeah. true. That's true. We're going to talk about Snake Eyes, which is a G.I. Joe movie spinoff thing. First, let, let's say some of you might be listening and you're like G.I. Joe the action figures what are you talking about well yes Hasbro has been making G.I. Joe's these action figures since the 60s there was a cartoon back in I want to say the 80s or 70s whenever that was I, I never watched the original like classic cartoon did you uh no I honestly did not know it was that old the 60s wow. well the the action figures are from the 60s I think the cartoon oh, was right, after right. was like later you know like I think it the animated shows were back in like probably 80s maybe right? like, the 80s yeah that sounds about because the 80s is like when the action figure cartoon era really made itself right a thing right that's like thundercats and transformers mm-hmm. and He-Man. yeah i think jojo was a part of that whole G.I. thing was part He-Man, of it. right yeah yeah so they, they've made a bunch of gi joe like reboots and all of this stuff there have been other animated shows did you did you grow up with any gi joe content like i know that i know there was stuff like on like saturday morning they had they would always every once in a while be like the new gi joe and it'd be like a totally new thing right uh yeah i definitely i was aware of it as a kid it never really uh i was a he-man kid i had all the he-man toys that was my thing mm. So, um, like, like GI Joe and Thundercats, I never really paid much attention to, but I know there was like reruns of the show on like Disney channel or Cartoon Network. And I know I've seen toys growing up. So it was definitely still a pretty, a pretty relevant part of my childhood. I just didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah. You know what? I was about the same because I, I was more of a Transformers kid and Transformers and Voltron. Those were my like eighties cartoon shows that I got into. Oh, and Care Bears. Oh man. Care Bears. Oh, yeah. Care yeah. is a classic. Yeah. If you want yeah. the real action, that's where that was. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too, because G.I. Joe and Transformers were always kind of like locked, locked, like locked in, you know, a battle for cultural relevance. But what's funny about right. that is there was going to be a G.I. Joe film, like a live action film before there was going to be a Transformers one. Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. Paramount, which has the film rights to both G.I. Joe and Transformers, was going to make a G.I. Joe movie. You know, like they were going to make G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra like years before they they did. It was going to be like in the mid 2000s, but they ended up making Transformers first instead because of the war in Iraq. Because America was uh, invading Iraq and then worldwide sentiment was, you know, America imperialistic, you know. And so they were they were rightfully kind of looking at the they were reading the room. <laughs> They're like, you know, uh, you know, let's 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 put it. Let's let's rain check that one. Let, let's 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 yeah, do the yeah. funny robots for a bit. 
let's delay the the discourse but what's funny about that though is like so transformers comes out in 2007 and is loaded with like american military oh, stuff yeah. <laughs> anyway so they you know yeah there you go but uh, i guess i guess they do kind of portray the military in that movie is a bit feckless like i know that they have the one guy uh what's his name i always forget his name uh, josh duhamel josh duhamel yeah duhamel and, and tyrese uh, gibson you know we can't yeah that's right tyrese is in that can't forget tyrese yeah they're kind of like they're not useless but they're definitely i don't know they definitely kind of get around the whole like american military thing by just making them action heroes who aren't as good as the transforming heroes it's fine there's a there's a there's a moment in this movie uh that's that kind of calls back to that whole that whole thing yeah for me at least okay well we'll have to talk about that in a moment but yeah so G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra comes out 2009. I remember watching this in the theater. You know, it was the discount theater. Calm down. It didn't go opening night. I wasn't that crazy. But I did see Rise of Cobra at, with a group of friends. And you know what? I dug it. I dug the first G.I. Joe. I thought it was a fun story. I thought it was a... They did some clever, sharp things with the character reveals. It wasn't as straightforward as I thought it was going to be. Simple movie. It's like an overextended chase scene with some really weird tech. But... It has Channing Tatum. It has Marlon Wayans. Dennis Quaid is in it, right? Ray Park is in it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, I was into it. Did you did you see Rise of Cobra? Were you into it? Uh, I did. I did see it, and I know this isn't going to make much sense. I do remember being into it a lot. I remember seeing it with my dad and liking it because I remember specific moments, uh, like the scene with Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans, uh, where they kind of get the super suits and they toy around with them for a bit. Um, and that mm-hmm. was kind of my first big introduction to G.I. Joe, because like I said, I didn't really have it around as much as a kid. Um, so that was kind of the, the first big G.I. Joe thing I had ever really seen. But like looking back on it, that and the sequel, I can't really remember much from them. And I don't know if that's just because it's been a while since I've seen them or if they just didn't really leave much of a lasting effect. But I do remember liking the first one way more than the second one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to bring up Retaliation, which is way more forgettable. Oh, yeah. I've only seen both movies once, and Retaliation came out 2013. So four years later, it was a direct sequel. And I honestly, the only thing I remember about Retaliation was that Channing Tatum is only in it for a bit, and then his character gets killed off. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I guess. It doesn't really matter. I mean, and then The Rock becomes the main guy. Bruce Willis kind of pops in. That's the last thing I really remember about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a huge surprise because I, I, they really sold it like it was going to be Channing Tatum, The Rock, and Bruce Willis as like this sort of action powerhouse trio. Yeah, and then it gets threat. like, yeah, and Marlon Wayans I think is just not in the movie at all. I don't, I don't think they I don't even think they him. mention him. Yeah, yeah, I think Scarlet might be in the movie still, but yeah, and I mean they, they're still doing the like Zartan or whatever is like the president or something. Right. I don't. know. There wasn't much to something, it. Something, yeah. But Rise of Cobra, you know what, Adonis? I remember so much about that movie. I remember oh, yeah. the suits, like you mentioned. I remember the flashbacks. I remember how hammy it was. I remember Baroness was like, she used to be good. Now she's evil. Scarlet, you know, she has like this will they, won't they with the Marlon Wayans character. Right. And the thing I remember the most about both of these movies was Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Yin oh, and yeah. Yang. They they were the reason to go see these mo- these movies. I think to like risk it all, 100%. because their action, their rivalry. Whenever the movie was getting kind of boring, it was getting a little bit like okay, yeah, Snake Eyes would show up, and <laughs> that's when I would show up. Right, exactly. That's when I would check back in. Oh, okay, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're in good hands. Right. Steven Summers directed the first movie, and you know, I think he was perfect. Perfect directing choice. This is a guy who made the first two Mummy movies. That was kind of his thing. He was good at, and he also made Van Helsing. He was good at taking like movies that don't have like the best idea. Maybe they're trying to like adapt something from something that doesn't adapt easily. That's kind of his like forte. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I watched uh, Adventures of Huck Finn. You know, he also made that, and that was a good movie. I think it's been a while. But then G.I. Joe Retaliation. Do you remember who directed this, Adonis? I was surprised when I saw this because I forgot. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm gonna guess Jerry Schumacher, Bruckheimer, not you Schumacher. Have, sorry, I was about to say Schumacher. I think you have the the subconscious right answer because you said Chew mistakenly. But it is John M. Chu who directed uh, this. You know, <laughs> my, so gut, my gut told me, but I, I, yep. I didn't listen. John Chu, director of Crazy Rich Asians, which, if you'll recall, Crazy Rich Asians stars Henry Golding, who is in this new movie we're about to talk about. John Chu most recently directed In the Heights. He also did Step Up to the Streets, which is probably the best Step Up movie. But then he also did Step Up 3D, which is not as great. Yeah. But yeah, John Chu directed it, and I just, you know, good director, I don't think it was the right fit. No, it's weird. It's very weird. I would not have guessed John Chu, uh, considering his his prior filmography, and even his current filmography. That kind of feels like the black sheep. Uh, and he did Jim and the Holograms, too, so that, that really oh, knocks yeah, out the park. Right. Yeah, so these two G.I. Joe movies, they, they weren't like massive hits, I don't think. Like, you know, like, especially Retaliation, but even Rise of Cobra, I think, like, Critics kind of gave it a pass. They're like, yeah, it's not great, but you know, it's okay. And it made it made a decent amount of money. It made like 300 million bucks worldwide, which was enough to sort of maybe break even basically because it had a pretty big budget, especially for 2009. And I think what they were trying to do, they were trying to sort of carve out a new action franchise for this decade. They lost to Marvel. Marvel had already come out with Iron Man at this point. And we know what happens next. G.I. Joe, Transformers, they really just fizzle out over the next few years because and they just don't have that same Marvel staying power. Like these things are flashes in the pan. Like nobody's really clamoring for more G.I. Joe content the way they're clamoring for more Marvel and DC content. So what do you do? And I think that their choice here is kind of a predictable one, right? They decide we're going to reboot this whole thing. We're going to reset the deck. And maybe we're gonna we're gonna take it a little bit slower because the first GI Joe is is kind of like an origin story. It's an origin story for Cobra. It's an origin story for I guess Duke, right? And they, you know they don't really have all the Joes to figure out. Some of the Joes are are doing their thing. Some aren't. This movie is even more of like an origin story. It's literally called GI Joe Origins, and they are banking it all on arguably the coolest character. Not arguably. Adonis, he's the coolest character. Snake Eyes can be without a doubt. Without a doubt, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are the two best GI Joe characters. I I mean, in our opinions, and I think a lot of people would share that opinion. And I think this is such a bold, we are just going for it kind of idea, which is we're going to tell, we're going to show you how Snake Eyes become Snake Eyes. And the thing that people loved about Snake Eyes in those first two movies, the fact that he doesn't talk and he always wears a mask forget that ever happened <laughs> because he's not going to be snake eye like his name is snake eyes in this it's the right. only name he has um and we find out why he has that name and you know sure it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird origin but it works and 
we're going to get a version of this character who he's never in the suit. That's not the point. But we see how he becomes the like guy who doesn't talk as much. But he, I guess, I don't know what they're really going for there. Like, I don't yeah. know. If, I think they're just doing a new thing with Snake Eyes entirely. Like, what I'm saying is, I don't think this version of Snake Eyes is ever meant to be really the Snake Eyes we've seen in other G.I. Joe stuff before. I think oh, that's the point. no. I don't think so either. I, I think that calling this G.I. Joe Origins and kind of like marketing, marketing it as a... Uh, well, no, they're actually, I think they're marketing more of as a, as a reboot, aren't they? I don't think they've really, they ever, are. yeah, they've never yeah. said it was a prequel. Um, and it, it kind of shows watching this movie. I didn't really see any correlation between this and like the Channing Tatum, Dwayne Johnson, G.I. Joe's. Mm-hmm. This, this is Bumblebee. Yes. Right? Yeah. Th- right. This is what they did with Bumblebee. They're like, okay, we're going to take a very cliched tropey, like story, probably on like 20 scripts we have in our bank right now. Mm-hmm. And then we're just going to put snake eyes into the character's name. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what they're doing here. And that's what, you know what? It worked with Bumblebee. I do not blame them because Bumblebee kind of refreshed the Transformers franchise. I mean, it's been three years since Bumblebee came out but wow three years i mean it kind of worked like it it made people interested in transformers again and i think that was the plan with snake eyes and we're we're about to talk about it a few things i want to set up here we've been doing a lot of setup like i mentioned already henry golding crazy rich asians he's snake eyes in this he's kind of trying to get away from the romantic comedy stuff you know he was in last christmas he was in crazy rich asians they, they kind of had him as in like a the dark comedy a simple favor he was kind of doing something a little bit different in that movie but here he is kind of as like a an anti-hero a little bit he's a bit of a roguish guy when we meet him he is a brawler right and one thing i like about this movie is that they kind of subvert what we know about Snake Eyes because we know, the, like, we meet him and we're like, okay, yeah, eventually he's going to become, like, a bona fide superhero. It's kind of like what X-Men First Class does. It's like, okay, yeah, we know Magneto is going to become a villain. We know what's going to happen here, but they're like, okay, but we're going to have fun along the way. Like, you're going to see his journey. You're going to see what he goes through. And the story here is that his dad gets killed when he's a little kid. He wants to get vengeance on the guy who did it. And the only people willing to help him are these crime bosses who work with the Yakuza. And so he gets entangled in a plot with them. He eventually shifts gears and starts working for this shadow clan in Japan. And it's all this convoluted stuff. But the point is, he's kind of bouncing from person to person, trying to find his purpose. And we know what the purpose is. It's like, yeah, dude, you're going to join the G.I. Joe's and it's going to be amazing. And I know there's another, there's a fourth film they've been talking about making called G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant which I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if that's still happening, but the point is we we get a new sort of take on Snake Eyes. He did get an origin in Rise of Cobra, if I recall. He was played by a white kid, right? Or he was a, a white character, even though he wears the mask all the time. He was played by uh, that kid from Kicking It. Okay, you uh, remember better than I do. <laughs> that might have been, that might be the generational gap between us, I think. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I remember. I will. I told you, Rise of Cobra is a memorable movie. I remember, like, yeah, he he like has the same master kind of guy, and then Storm Shadow was like his like rival, right. and he resents Snake Eyes for you know appropriating Asian culture. That's the subtext. And here they do something different, where Henry Golding is an Asian American, and he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't really. Ha- he's like a ghost in the world he doesn't have like you know they kind of basically say he doesn't have like an identity he just sort of appeared in the world one day and we find out why eventually but the point is he goes to japan and 
you know, the guy who like kind of takes him in, he is played by uh, Andrew Koji, who is a really skilled kind of martial artist in real life. Uh, he's like a stuntman, also a British actor. Uh, he was in uh, the HBO Max series Warrior, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is fantastic. But he plays kind of like the leader of the clan. His name is Tommy. Um, and his whole deal is that he has this responsibility of guarding this crystal thing. And he believes that snake eyes can sort of help become like this guardian warrior for their clan. It's a big movie, a lot going on, a lot of swords, a lot of action scenes. But Adonis, what did you think of snake, snake eyes overall? Were you pleased with this latest GI Joe movie? Oh yeah. Uh, Honestly, I really was. Uh, you mentioned earlier the the connection to Bumblebee, and in my opinion, I think it, at least for me, I think it's a little too early to sort of see where the general consensus is. But I am definitely much more invested in the GI Joe franchise, and I think starting off with Snake Eyes was a really smart move, a, a, a predictable move, like you said, yeah. But I think a really smart move because he's kind of the only Joe that I know of that kind of has like a different sort of thing going on the rest of them are kind of just like gung-ho like soldiers i guess and and i, yeah, I could be we're wrong. on the mission right exactly yeah they're, they're always focused on the mission they don't have this because snake eyes always has the backstory he always has like the side stuff with storm shadow right exactly even in the uh even in the first two movies um yeah but i really liked it i thought it was a really fun action movie i love how henry golding and andrew koji kind of bounce off each other they're uh friendship and sort of rivalry was like really really uh it was really cool to see like it just i really believed it um i the only like big issue i have with it isn't even like anything to do with like the plot or the predictability uh or that it's kind of like safe it's like just the the shaky cam sort of thing uh and i don't really know what that's called but that practice of just having that action shaky can that we've seen in like john wick and winter soldier where it can be really cool like if you use it like i think sparingly like i think that's sort of a thing that you use when you're like oh look at what this character can do look at these moves and stuff but it's used a lot in in scenes that aren't even fighting scenes i think and it kind of gets a little nauseating uh pretty early on in the movie and it doesn't really stop i mean with john wick it's not that shaky Right, not even the Bourne movies. No, are no, it's really not this one. And you know, I've I've been thinking a lot about this because we, we should say critics have been they've been bringing their their knives, their katanas out for this one. They aren't like in this movie, they they aren't into it, and I understand why because again, it's sort of taking the elements people like the most about Snake Eyes and kind of just changing them, just kind of doing something totally different. And I think a lot of people would look at it and kind of like you said, at putting in this like predictable screenplay where it's like, okay, yeah. The reason I'm okay with this movie, and I am a little torn, I think it's it's so weird because kind of jumping off, what, you know, building on what you're saying, it's bad at the thing that you want from it, but it's surprisingly good at the thing you don't expect from it. (laughs) The thing you don't expect from this movie is for the characters to be kind of fun and for a lot of the production design to be very dynamic. Like the actual plot, it is pretty predictable and safe. Like we, we kind of know that, but I think the movie is aware that we know where everything is headed. And so it's just sort of focusing on making the journey all the more worthwhile. There are moments in this movie where something would happen to a character and like i know what the end result's going to be but it would surprise me in how we got there i think that's where it kind of kept me like engaged mm. if that makes sense like i don't want to say the exact scene but there's a scene where he goes through a certain challenge 
And we we're like, okay, yeah, we know he's going to make it through the challenge because otherwise the movie would end. But then the way that he gets through it is, well, it's not really about what makes you know, the Snake Eyes character usually fun, which is he always wins. You know, he's basically invincible. He has all the plot armor. This movie is like, yeah, yeah, we know he's strong. We know that he's cool to watch in a fight. But what if he had some personal growth? What if he went Mm. on like a dramatic journey that was beyond just being stronger than other people, but was more about who he is as a person? That to me is like why the movie actually works. But then, yeah, the action scenes, which it seems to almost avoid, are flat out terrible like they're terrible action scenes and people have been saying like oh you know the choreography is really good the stunt work is really good and the shaky cam is what ruins it i think what ended up happening here is they they shot this and i think in the editing there were just things that did not like i think it would have looked even worse if they hadn't have edited the way they did i think they're hiding a lot of issues i think that they're hiding places where their budget couldn't take care of like with cgi certain moments because you can tell there was just some sloppy directing here i think the director i, I think the writing here from evan spiliotopoulos he's he's the one who really was behind the story he has a few co-writers and stuff but the guy directing the film i think is just not very good at action <laughs> like i think i think that is pretty safe to say and it's robert schwentke who made red did you ever see red with Bruce Willis. It did, and yeah. Helen yeah. Mm-hmm. See, with that movie, it's the same freaking thing. I don't remember the action in that movie. I remember it just being passable. The thing I remember about that movie are the characters, right. the side characters and like the moments, you know, not the set pieces. It's it's that thing where you don't expect the the shining, like the best part of the movie to be the acting, but it really is. Cause I mean, like like I said, Henry Golding and Andrew Koji and everyone really. Um Haruka Abe, uh, who plays a character called Akiko in the movie, she's kind of a member of like yeah. uh, she's like the security chief. Yeah, exactly. And she, even she, uh, I wasn't expecting her to have such a huge part, but she did, and it worked really well. I think they all bounced really well off of each other, and I wasn't expecting uh, so much heart and so much drama in this admittedly very predictable story. And I think that's kind of what separates it from other movies that have a similar sort of vibe going on. But it just doesn't feel like – it feels like the, the people making it know that there's not a lot going on here. And the difference with Snake Eyes for me, I think, is they saw, they saw what they had and they, they ran with it. And it might not have been perfect. Um, there was definitely a lot less action and not a lot of great action. But I think that it told a really great origin story. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where they take the character next. I just think they need to maybe get a little – maybe – try some some different direction in the future if they're going to continue with this i could see that happening i mean this is a way lower budget than the gi joe entries previous i mean it only costs they're they're reporting around an 88 million dollar budget that's really low yeah for a film at this size and i think that's because they didn't want to they didn't want to roll the dice on something so big that it would fail pretty easily oh man You, you mentioned you mentioned akiko played by haruka abe and I kind of have a big complaint with this character and I think oh. that to, we, it starts. she starts off very promising, she has a lot of agency, she is very intelligent and she isn't quick to trust and her character arc kind of starts off in a, in a really solid place but then it just gets to the point where her character basically revolves around the fact that she thinks Henry Golding is attractive and that kind of, on the one hand I get it, he is. Like, I mean look, he's one of the most beautiful men on the planet. Right. I get why that has to kind of happen there 
but it did kind of bother me because I was like they kind of squandered the goodwill they built up with that character and I'd say that I I liked the presence of some of the other like clan masters you know we have uh, Iko Uwais who is a kind of fun to watch here you know he, he's just like really like just strong you know practically invincible weapons master we also have um um oh gosh uh the the blind master guy oh peter trying to peter mensa thank you um he kind of he kind of guides the story along but it does represent something about this movie that it will trip a lot of people up and that's the cliches it's like okay yeah we have the blind master but he has superhuman abilities even though he's blind there's a lot of like really tired like yakuza uh, asian cinema tropes of like they're not going to shoot guns. They're going to run at you with swords in the air, oh screaming my gosh, yeah. automatically. And yeah. it's uh, it happens a lot. And there were just so many moments in this where I was like, okay, I, I think we, we can do better. You know, uh, Takahiro Hira, who is a fantastic, fantastic actor. He is one of the guys here. I think he kind of like sells the weirdness of this movie in a really compelling way. He plays like the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then also, we kind of have a bunch of G.I. Joe stuff getting into the toy box, right? I wasn't expecting it to be as prominent, but, you know, we have, you know, Scarlet. Yeah. The new Scarlet, played by Samara Weaving. I knew Weaving was in the movie. I didn't know who she was playing. And then we also have Baroness, played by Ursula Corbero, who I think is not not bad, you know? No. Not, um, not, not, not terrible. Not as kinda. imposing, I would say, as... The previous Baroness actor. I'm trying to remember who that was. I don't remember. I wonder who it if was. it was Sienna. I know. I think Sienna Miller was in the movie, but I don't remember if that's who she played. I I'd have to look it up. Um. Yeah. This is actually the moment I had mentioned earlier. That kind of when you were talking about Transformers and like the role of like the army guys. This kind of felt like that because it kind of just. I I expected it because I knew I was watching a GI Joe movie. Um. It just it came at a certain part, and I I, I want to avoid too much spoilers. Um, but it just came at a certain point in the movie where I was like, "Oh wow, okay, yeah, I forgot this is a GI Joe origin movie." And then the movie was like, "Oh, we're gonna make sure you don't forget that." And and then mm-hmm. it just throws this stuffed exposition that kind of just kind of derailed it for me for a second. But I I knew it was coming. I know they have to kind of build up. Uh, this universe and studios for whatever reason just kind of always choose one particular scene in a movie to just throw all of this stuff at you and it's like i mean even marvel does it from time to time and it's like whoa okay um, oh yeah let's let's calm down i looked it up sienna miller did play baroness all right so, you're right cool once again and you know i have to mention this whenever sienna miller comes up i do not know what this woman looks like I have seen her in many films and she's given incredible performances and I hate, she probably is the nicest person. Everyone in her life loves her. There's nothing wrong with her. I just do not, I can't recognize her face. I don't get it. I'm sorry and I apologize, but yeah, anyway. So Evan, Evan Spiliotopoulos, he, he's made, he's made some bad movies as a screenwriter, Adonis. Um, In fact, I think by default, this is probably his best screenplay can i say that here here's what here are some of his other screenplays charlie's angels 2019 oh yeah forgot about that one with kristen stewart i did beauty and the beast 2017 one of the worst disney films in the last decade in my opinion that's two for two on terrible reboots yeah here's what this one's not as bad huntsman winter's war not good 
not not terrible. It's it's kind of like the Baroness of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's around there. Hercules, twenty fourteen, the Dwayne Johnson, the, yeah, Brett Ratner directed, yeah. Which I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Evan a little bit of credit here, and I think a lot of the issues with Hercules were Brett Ratner, not really the screenplay. Um, some of his other movies I haven't even seen. Battle for Terra, never even heard of it. Pooh's Heffalump movie, I don't know. And then The Jungle Book 2, which I guess we got to give that one a bit of a curve because that's, you know, that's an animated film. It's Disney right. Toon Studios. There's, it's not, that was his first, you know, the dude is just getting started. Right. But yeah, what do you, what do you think of that filmography there as a, as a screenwriter? Uh, it's varied. I'll give, I'll say that. <laughs> You know what? Oh, but yeah. we got we got to give him this. Sorry, I forgot to mention, he also helped out with the Lion King one and a half, Mickey oh, Donald that's... Goofy, the Three Musketeers, yeah, yeah, Cinderella three, A Twist in Time, which is actually good, pretty good, yeah, unironically good, and then Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure, and I think a lot of people believe most of the Tinkerbell like standalone animated movies, kind of good. Yeah, I I actually hear from, uh grown friends of mine that that's like the best one uh i haven't watched any of the tinkerbell movies not because i think they're for kids i just i they're i haven't gone around to them mm-hmm. his next screenplay is going to be for maleficent maleficent three so maleficent we'll three? Oh, yeah they're they're not done <laughs> i thought that story was over just because they ran that plot into the ground twice no. oh absolutely not but back to gi joe right um back to snake eyes I just want to reemphasize the Henry Golding of it all. I really like this actor. Oh, yeah. He's not great in this movie just because I think his accent, he kind of loses the, he kind of loses it from time to time. I kind of wonder. Yes. Oh, like, my gosh. Did, did maybe, maybe do another take or maybe just let him be British. They, I think they really wanted to go for that like Asian American going to an Asian place kind of thing, which was also a mm-hmm. crazy rich Asian sort of thing. So I get it. But yeah, his American accent, it's not... It's not ideal. There, there are moments when he's talking to Haruka Abe, and she has a a British accent, and yeah, yeah, he'll 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 kind of spill out of it. I don't even think because he's hearing it in real time. I, right, right. This might be a conspiracy theory, but I, I'm pretty sure they had to like dub over some of his dialogue because there were times where they cut away from him talking, and it, it kind of feels like they might have done some trickery there because they might have had to like redub his voice because I think yeah he he slips in and out of it, but yeah. F- he holds his own in terms of like the stunt fighting and like the action content here against Andrew Koji, who, I mean, it works in the sense that he, like I mentioned before, he's a bit more of a brawler. He's more of an underdog in this movie, which helps that dynamic. And then when you see him kind of like going toe to toe with other characters who have way more training, it kind of sells like that. He's not just going to like win constantly. It's, it's, it's a neat little like, you know, way for them to turn like a disadvantage of the movie into basically an advantage. But all that said, people really just don't love this movie, right? They they just don't quite. They're not they're not clicking with what Snake Eyes is cooking. So Adonis, what what do you think? Who do you think are the people who are going to get into this movie? Because I don't I, I expect some people aren't going to like this either. And I want to make sure we're recommending it because it seems like we both you know like it more than the average person. So what's what, what's your what's your theory on this? Uh... That's really tough. I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone who is like a huge G.I. Joe fan, right? Because as we mentioned before, they are taking some liberties with the character. 
Um, there's a, there's a good chunk of GI Joe like fan service in the movie, but it's not. It's certainly not the main focus. I don't think. I think they're really trying Agreed. to do something new with GI Joe. Yeah. Um, I would probably recommend this to just just action junkies. Honestly, people who really enjoyed like uh, old martial arts films or uh, uh, Matrix movies, stuff like that. That that are well, kind of. Can I push back on that though? Because I yeah, think they'll get frustrated because the action here is not very good. That's true. That's true. The action's tough to sit through at times. It's not all terrible, but like, man, it's rough. It is. It is. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's. I think that's why it's it's not doing so well. It's a really tough one to to sell because you want to you you don't want to go up to someone who's an action junkie and go, oh, you know, it's it's supposed to be an action movie, but there's actually a lot of like drama and character in it uh, because they're gonna be like, oh, gross, I don't want that. Uh, and it's kind of hard to do the opposite because there's a lot of stuff in the movie that is admittedly very distracting uh, and kind of negative. I just. I didn't see it as as negative as a lot of uh, these critics are seeing it as. I guess um, I don't know who who would you recommend it to if you if you had to. I was hoping you would answer that for me because I, oh, okay. <laughs> I I generally don't know because I think you're right about how like fan like hyper fans of Snake Eyes are just going to be like this isn't the Snake Eyes I know and I mean at least right. if you're warned ahead of time like if the poster didn't tell you that hopefully this will tell you that like we'll be able to get right. that out of the way. I guess like maybe there's just this weird subset of people who liked the first G.I. Joe movie like we did. <laughs> right. And they just kind of, you know, like I think why I'm giving this movie a pass is because I'm not a huge G.I. Joe fan. Like, you know, we've already established I wasn't that into the cartoon. I don't care about these characters. My favorite thing with G.I. Joe is G.I. Jeff from Community, <laughs> you know, like it's right. pretty cool. And like how that sort of like parodied the gi joe thing i don't think it's an inherently interesting setup for a movie franchise honestly they're just sort of like weapons experts who go on these like big missions it's like it's kind of already what we get with marvel you know right. like they, they have the superhero thing but it's like a mixture of a lot of different things because they have the captain america black widow stuff which is basically this you know but they right. of course have the marvel machine behind it and they've got like a formula that's sort of foolproof at least at this point Compared mm-hmm. to this, which I think they're experimenting, they're trying different things, and I'm responding positively to that experimentation, and I'm giving it a lot mm-hmm. of slack because I. It's the same thing we were talking about with uh, Space Jam last week. You weren't there, but I was. Oh, kind I of wish like, I could have been. Know, Matt Serafini and I were hanging out, and we were just like, "Look, yes, it's a commercial for Warner Brothers, but they need all the marketing they can get. I mean, look at what they're <laughs> up against, and it's like, if we get Ralph breaks the internet, we can get this sort of thing, you know? And yeah, Paramount." I support them trying to be this brazen. Right. And and I'm not going to turn this into a Space Jam podcast, but like my quick thoughts on that. It's like there hasn't really been a time where Warner Brothers hasn't really sold itself. Uh, I think the Looney Tunes have always kind of been like the characters they poke fun, like that poke fun of Warner Brothers, like their own fam- like their own family studio. Uh, so mm. it didn't really. It well, didn't Cartoon Network was much. way better about it. Cartoon right, Network right. just like, you know, constantly sold us with like all these characters live together in this city. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those commercials were great, but um, yeah. Uh, can I can I get a little spoilery? Because uh, there is like a, a gripe I have, kind of with the end of the movie, but I don't want to get. Well, let's let's give our final grades. Hold that thought, okay? Because I want to talk about it. So we're gonna give our final grades here. I'm a B minus on Snake Eyes. Look, it's it's not a surefire hit, but I think that 
maybe you know i didn't watch the trailer going in i went in kind of fresh but i imagine the trailer is pretty accurate to what kind of movie you're getting i think this is one of those movies where watch the trailer if you're kind of turned off by it i don't think this film will salvage <laughs> anything for you but if you if you are reasonably curious about it and you want to see something in the theater and it's safe to do so and you know you could do way worse by summer action movies i think it's a better chance of you having a good time than apparently Space Jam, which I think a lot of people just aren't responding positively to, uh, even compared to this one, we'll see. But yeah, B-minus for me, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a B-minus for me too. Um, if you're willing... I, I didn't see the trailers either. I'm sure they're uh, very indicative of what kind of movie you're watching, but if you're willing to just walk into this movie um, and sort of accept the fact that the action's not going to be on par with what you're, with what you're expecting, but kind of open your your mind up and your heart up a little bit and a lot of allow the movie to sort of show you what it's working with you know i think you'll at least have a good time with snake eyes i don't know if you'll like it but i don't think you'll walk away going "Ugh, that was a waste of time you know i think it's a fun i think it's a fun movie all right well yeah it's it's some pretty pretty qualified you know caveated recommendations from us that's for sure but a b minus is still a b minus that is a positive grade and i'm, I'm happy to say that I'm, I'm glad i had fun with this one and i hope other people do too but let's open this spoiler thing up real quick here and then we'll finish out adonis what okay. did you what did you want to say get it off your chest spoilers from here on out okay so i want to see if i'm the only one thinking like this um because this is probably my hugest issue with the movie i loved henry golding and I loved Andrew Koji. I loved their uh, interactions throughout the entire movie. Um, this this brotherly bond that they create, but it's it's brotherly. But they should have kissed. It, yeah, but come on, they may be experimenting, but mm-hmm. we're not getting that to at least GI. Yeah, Jeff I mean three. Yeah, I think I think this this has the point break problem where <laughs> the, the, all the chemistry is with these guys, and that's not a problem. It's just a problem that they try to avoid it. They keep getting so close to each other's faces. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they know what they want to do. Right. But I, I just don't... To me, it didn't really sell it to me, the the breaking point of their relationship. Um, I, un- I understood what it was going for. You know, this this story of, like, redemption and revenge and how even the most noble of us can, like, fall privy to it and even the lowest of us can overcome it and stuff. Like, I thought, okay, that's cool. I get it. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are core characters to do that with. But I don't know if maybe they just didn't spend enough time with Tommy um, and they didn't really spend enough time with their relationship because, you know, there was all this stuff about like Snake Eyes doing what he's doing and the Joes coming in and uh, Takahiro Hira wanting to take over the clan, uh, that there just wasn't a lot of space for that kind of exploration into the relationship. But when it got to the point where Tommy has that breakdown, I almost didn't really believe it, and I definitely didn't believe that it would lead to him doing what he did uh, at the end, like joining the Baroness and everything. I just, it, it didn't, did, were you sold by that? I, I wasn't really. I actually, you know what, I disagree. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I think that they hint at it throughout the movie that he has sort of changed for the worse because at some point he was you know the pure of heart guy who could survive the challenges right but i think that from the first scene we see he when he has a chance to escape with his life when he has a chance to go with you know with snake eyes and escape in that big yakuza fight he chooses vengeance instead and he's a hypocrite 
in this movie. He wants to bring down his relative out of vengeance. And he has the same character journey as Henry Golding. And I think that is the key to why they relate to each other and why they trust each other at first, but then they fall out, of course. And I think that falling out comes down to he has to blame someone for everything falling apart. He can't blame the villain anymore. The villain is now dead. So he has to blame Snake Eyes, and rightfully so. I actually think it really works because this gets into my issue with the ending, which is that all is too easily forgiven with this guy. Like, they they just let him go, and they give him a gift, right? This dude, because of him, first of all, nearly put what the equivalent of a nuclear weapon into the hands of terrorists, willingly, had multiple chances not to do that, chances, and also, because of him, a lot of people died. A lot of people that they knew. A lot of people who were part of this clan dead because of him. So I look at Tommy and I'm like, yeah, of course he's mad at him. He took everything away from him. He caused the death of people he cares about. But everybody else is like, yeah, even though you caused this, you helped us out. You had a change of heart. You're good. And they try to get around it. They try to be like, well, yeah, but he survived the snake pit. So that shows them that he's changed. Uh, Okay. But I think that that on top of the fact that I just think that his villainy throughout the movie, it's a very rushed redemption arc. And and for the most part, during the movie, I was into it because I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of cool that they're letting him just keep being evil. He doesn't have this moment where he's like, hey, I'm going to stop being evil. I'm going to fess up to you. The liar reveal thing, right? Where he lies throughout the film, reveals it. And then we have this sort of like end of the second act thing. Instead, he's like, he never owns up to it. Instead, he just goes through with the evil. And that to me is like, yeah, that's an anti-hero. That is a guy who he's not necessarily evil, but he's willing to let himself be corrupted. He's willing to do that for his own selfish gains. And I'm like, yes, that is an actually good way to do this character because it is different. The problem is that then they try to retcon it, <laughs> like within the same movie. I think you need a whole other movie for him to sort of get past what he did. And I will, and the last thing I'll say was Storm Shadow. I think that it actually makes sense. They, they did something smart to push him into the Cobra thing because they show that his anger was with Yakuza, not with Cobra. And because the villain betrays Baroness, I think that was the whole point of that was so that it would make sense for him to want to join Cobra because they were, you know, they aren't necessarily tied to the people who are central to what he is sort of, you, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I definitely agree with you. Um especially the stuff with Snake Eyes. I think I was looking for a little more uh, time with that, with uh, with that um, internal struggle with Storm Shadow. But I also am probably asking for a lot because, for one, it wasn't really his movie. It was Snake Eyes' movie, and they did have a lot to do. And I think that they, I think they played that anti-hero role really well up until the end, like you said. And I almost want them to sort of keep playing with it not just with snake eyes but like and i know they won't do this but like i would love to see this experiment turn into sort of a uh a deeper look into the joes you know and like like i'm I'm really in it might just be because i'm really into shows like invincible and the boys and stuff but i really like sort of having that discussion about like good versus evil and like the moral the morally gray Mm -hmm. line in between them and stuff and it it could work. Like I can see it working with uh, Samara Weaving's portrayal of Scarlet. Uh, like the Joes just kind of came into this movie, and it didn't really seem like they were like doing it for like the good of the clan. It was just like, 
okay, we got to come in because we're the good guys and that's what we do. And we're, we want to come in guns a blazing, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. So I would love Go to see Joe. them. Exactly. Yeah. I would love to see them analyze that. I don't know if that's what they're going to do with any subsequent sequels, but. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is that I think that, I think this movie, whether or not you're going to click with it is after that first big Yakuza scene. And I think that like, yeah, if you're able to sort of buy what's going on and then if you're still with it, I think that the first big twist reveal that he's still working with a Yakuza, I really appreciated that because up until that point, I was like, man, this is just so generic. He's mm-hmm. like not, he's just sort of being like thrust into this. And I was like, there's something really off about this guy. And I was like, this just isn't working. But then you find out that's the point. The only issue with that for me is that why do they trust this guy? <laughs> he is so untrustworthy. <laughs> It's like it makes the the shadow clan seem so dumb and I was kind of hoping because like if people people who know Japanese and they know G.I. Joe they'll they'll know right away that this the Tommy's going to be storm shadow the clan is literally like Arashi Kage that is Japanese for storm shadow <laughs> like they're not hiding it very well but I think that they're hoping American audiences they don't know Japanese or they're sort of just like so sucked into the movie that these obvious things are going to kind of blow past them um I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe this clan is actually evil and that's the point. And then the Joes are going to be the ones who, you know, the reason he's going to betray them and they're going to have a falling out, but that's okay because he's going to be with the Joes and they're going to accept him. I think that's where this movie probably should have gone. But instead, I don't know. They just kind of go for the whole like, no, he just, he's just okay. We like him. So he's Henry Golding and he's, he's hot. He's Henry Golding. I mean, come on. If if Henry Golding were sneaking around your clan's uh, uh, yeah, little secret him. jewel hiding spot, and he just said, "Oh, I'm just going for a run at dawn with a sword." I I believe him. I'd love yeah. to do it every once. I'd be like, "Here's a key in case you want to <laughs> take a look inside our safe." Here's some DNA just in key. case you need anything. You, you good? Yeah. There you go. A little yeah. weird, but okay. <laughs> um, that's all I got for Snake Eyes. Fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun movie. All right. Well, if you want to check it out, it's going to be in theaters starting July 23rd, depending on when you're listening to this. Should be available by the time you are listening to this episode of Cinemaholics. It is just 121 minutes long. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.